Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to yet another episode of the Humble Climb podcast. I've got a, uh, I've got a good mate of mine on at uh, today, a guy by the name of Nick Geishin. Funny story, we actually met when he was looking to buy a house, and uh, that's how we've become quite, quite close friends. And he's a, he's a really, really cool character, and you'll be able to see it throughout today's episode. Uh, he's a leading AFL player manager and doing amazing things in his field. I wanted to get him on because uh, he's one of the most humble and, and and generous guys with his time that you'll ever meet, and uh, even better that he's just from the local area of Oakley. So, Nick Geish, welcome on board. Great to be here, mate. Thanks for coming on, mate. And uh, I've got to also, uh, before I forget, mate, I, I make sure that I always start off and, and finish off with a few of the sponsors that are getting behind the Humble Climb. So as always, can't thank enough, you know, Gigi Herring Kids, uh, Marissa down there. So you got you got two little ones, don't you? Yep. Well, mate, make sure you go and take them down to Marissa, yep. just here in Berkeley Street, Huntingdale, get them a nice trim. Yep. And, uh, mate, she works wonders with my hair. Yep. So it's uh, it's fantastic. B&A Car and Truck Repairs, as always, they're doing amazing things in the, in the karting space. And hopefully little Ava continues to grow the way that she is. Medical aesthetic and renew skin clinics. So when the time comes, mate, and you're starting to get a few of those frail <laughs> lines coming through, a bit of Botox, why not? We all need it. Tamar, the DJ, he's, uh, he's got an event coming up of mine for my 30th, so I can't wait to uh, get him involved. So if you've got a kind of sports management function and you need a really good DJ, mate, Tamar's your guy. And of course, the last two, the big Bonza Snowballs. These are going to take these home to the kids after school, mate. And they'll love them. Yeah, yeah straight after school, mate. A bit of a pet-me-up as a snack, <laughs> bit of sugar. Thanks for coming. And lastly, water wall prints. And uh, for all your sporting memorabilia, which I'm sure you've got a fair bit of, you obviously need to hit it in the bedroom so you remind yourself of how good you were <laughs> once upon a time at the Red Legs. And, uh, mate, so a massive, massive thank you to these guys for always getting behind us. But let's get into it. Nick Geish, welcome on board again. Thank you for coming on. Nah, it's good to be here, mate. Mate, it's, uh, we had a funny journey. We went, what, three, four years ago when you were searching for a house yeah. and uh, you didn't actually end up buying it no. and which because of COVID and everything. And then... um. You ended up, uh, we just stayed in touch and uh, we've almost become really close mates now. So uh, I didn't buy the house because you wanted too much money. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I'll let my negotiation off you. <laughs> so, uh, mate, it's, it's awesome that you've come on and uh, we've been talking about this for a little while and uh, I've always wanted to, I find it such an enthralling space, the, the player management. Um, I don't actually know if you know this, when I finished year 12, so I enrolled in uh, to do a sports management course. And I ended up getting some work experience with um, Paulie Kudafidis from yeah, Blue Rock. Yeah. And they're, they're a very small boutique yep. firm. I still speak to Paulie. And uh, he's like, they're great guys, yeah. great guys. And um, But we never, uh, we never really, I realized with sports management that you need a lot of time dedicated and and also i think it's a you know it's, it's a bit it's a bit harder when you're a smaller fish and you're competing against some of the you know hypothetically connor sports management where you are now mate how did you get into it <laughs> oh mate it was actually quite random so i was i was studying at uni and and always had a bit of a footy background through through my father jeff who um who played at bulldogs coach richmond yeah. and then you know growing up with two brothers um dad, dad was a lifelong footy coach so it was always in the blood um was going through uni and then an opportunity came up for me to move over to um, Perth to play footy and have in life the over there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, um, and I remember I was, I was, it was the year that I was 21 and I was looking to come back to Melbourne cause I'd been over there and I realized my, you know, my elite footy days were probably done. Yeah. So I thought yeah. come back to Melbourne. And were, sort were you of, a chance of getting picked up? Oh, this was, you know, 20 years ago, but I, I played in the NAB league and, and, yeah, all, the, right. and all the stuff that the, the kids go through the school footy and, had two years of VFL after NAB League, a year in the Waffle. and But by that stage, I was 21 and I was looking forward to just getting back and, you know, 
um, get, getting into some work, finishing off uni, and then still playing footy, but probably not like I'd my, my dream of AFL was was done and dusted yeah, by then. Yeah. Um, and then I was over in Perth, and an opportunity came up to come and play back in the Eastern Footy League with a team called East Ringwood. Through that, I met um, you know a really a great person called Dan Richardson, who was at that stage sort of heading up Elite Sports Properties. And, um, he's I met, on, is he Richmond's list? Well, he was. Yeah, yeah. So from Dan was a really prominent player agent from there. He, he went to Richmond, um, through the premiership era, went to Essendon. Yep. Then he was in, and now he's in charge of the AFL umpires. So, oh, wow. so Dan, Dan was great enough to give me an opportunity. I moved to Adelaide in 2007 to, to work a, as a player agent. So right. fresh out of uni, didn't know what I was doing, but, um, was lucky enough to meet, a guy called Justin Reed, who who was the Adelaide agent who sort of ran the office over there in Adelaide. Um, he took me under his wing, taught me everything that he knew. He's I'm so indebted to him. Like he's yeah. such a great man. He's now the list manager of the Adelaide Crows, who are wow. doing great things. And um, Reedy was just taught me all the little things and all the all the basics. And and I'm so grateful that he that I had a year with Reedy. And after that, I moved back to Melbourne and. That was me, you know, 15 years ago, and here I am today. That's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Well, um, we talk about humble, and it's one thing that uh, that, that you are. So it's uh, – I wanted to ask you a, a question as to whether you regret leaving the Mazda dealership. <laughs> uh, well, it's, so I, my older brother, Jared, is um, – you know, he, he has a great story. So he he finished his uni, went uh, did marketing at Melbourne RMIT. Yeah. And I think during the course they do a like a – a, a period of time when they go and work in, in a, in a business. So he did his, um, he did his time at Mazda. So he would have been 1920 and he's still there 20 years later. Oh, he's wow. director of sales. He's basically second in charge of Mazda Australia. And he's, I think he's been groomed for sort of the top gig travels to Japan once a month. Yeah, right. So he, so I, myself and my younger brother, Rye did some, um, while I was going through uni, mate, trying to make a buck. I was, <laughs> I was doing a, a bit of sales, like, I'd be the one that, like, if you buy a new car, um, I'd be the annoying person that would ring that's, and say, "Hey, how was your experience oh, mate, out of ten? How, you know, and like, uh, it was. Do you know what? I was there for two or three years. It taught you so much, and it did because yeah. it taught me, like, the cold call, which in our industry, like, it's become better because as you get more experience, you yeah. tend to know the people that you're calling. But certainly, from starting from working at Mazda, doing all the phone calls and you know, having the courage to do that. And, and we had to, we were set targets. Like we had to do 10 calls an hour. And I think those skills of just communicating on the phone and having targets and it helped, it helped me. Like, For it's sure. funny. I've always looked back and thought that that time at the Mazda dealership helped me, yeah. but I'm, I don't think I was cut out for selling cars. Um, <laughs> that's, I, that's where I had my light bulb moment with real estate. Yeah. And I talked about it previously. Like I was working in a, in a, at a car dealership doing, selling finance so bad at it because just was. And uh, we just hardly had any customers. Yeah. And I started auctioneering off a car to our staff just as a joke. And then a week later, I've accepted a job in real estate. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> but it is, man. And I, and, I, and I remember back then, even at the car dealership where, uh, I don't know if you can resonate to it, but it was my first sort of interaction with clients. Mm. Um, of of had handling rejection, yeah, you know, because I'm obviously in both of our industries, you're going to hear a no from time to time, yep. or a lot of majority yep. of the time yep. you're going to hear a no yep. versus a yes. Yep. So, um, it, it, it's good, and uh, and obviously, and and I love the fact that obviously, yes, you've got the surname and your dad Jeff, you know, being the the Richmond coach, and also uh, he was it was he the umpire director yeah. of the AFL. Yeah. Um, you've never once ridden the coattails <laughs> of that, and I. 
And, yeah. and of course, it's always going to open up a slight door, but I think the work's up to you to do as well. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, dad dad had a great life in footy. Yeah. Um, you know, was a country football star and, you know, the, and, and yeah, played, played for Footscray and, yeah. and, and, and then ended up coaching, but it's not like it's, you know, Kevin Sheedy's son That's or right. Ted Witten's son or Wayne Care, you know, Gary Ablett's son. Like 100%. it's like, it's not a, it's not a free pass. Is it's, it? it's probably like dad's, dad's quite well known in the country and obviously like the Richmond people. Um, and he had two and a half years at Richmond where he did some great things, but yeah. it's not, you know, like it. When, it's, when did he coach Richmond? So we moved to Melbourne at the end of 1996. He was at Geelong and then he moved to Melbourne in 97, was reserves coach, took the senior job for the last, I think, five games of 97, yeah, then right. coached 98, 99, and then went on to the umpires in 2000. I would have to let your dad know due to the fact that I was five and six. I don't remember <laughs> him, but um, because I was born in 93, obviously. So, um, but mate, it's awesome because as I said, you've always been uh, where, where it needs to be um, from a point of view of, of humbleness and always just taking my annoying calls. So it's awesome. And I love the fact that obviously uh, an AFL player manager, like for me, uh, that was my that was my dream coming out of school. So I'm, you're literally um, <laughs> living my dream. Um, don't get me wrong. Oh, I'm wrapped with real estate. Like it, it actually suits me to a T, but, um, and especially working locally. But uh, yeah, mate, it was, it was fun. One of the things that I always wanted to do was AFL player management. And I quickly found out when I was doing a bit of work experience with Paulie from Blue Rock that, um, uh, uh, th- that if you're not that big fish and yeah. if you don't have that time in there, it is so hard to break the mold. Um, I've got a mate of mine now that's coming on funnily enough on the podcast the next couple of weeks. You might know him as well, da- Damien Kavka. Oh, yeah, and ex-player. Ex-player yeah. from yeah. West Coast. And, mate, we didn't sign him yeah. back then. Yeah. I know, at, at, we didn't sign him. And, uh, you know, we're still mates to this day yeah. and now he's got a thriving electrical yeah. business and all that type of stuff. So he's going to be coming on better. I, it, I actually know Kuda well. So yeah. he, he worked with George Harros, who's, yeah. who's a great That's right. I have a no boy. person. Yeah. And, um, you know, great clubman. And yeah, so Kuda and I, and I think I lived in McLeod when I first moved to Melbourne, lived in McLeod and we have some mutual friends, Frank Ciccone, yeah, if, yeah, if you're yeah, listening, yeah. mate. Yeah. Is um, he's the hair guy? Yeah, the hair yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Um, yeah, I know Kuda well. He's a great guy. He's an awesome guy, yeah, mate. And he's so, mate, they're just good people. And, um, but I quickly realized that obviously it wasn't in. So literally, mate, um, you're literally got my dream job because I've got this little hidden talent and it's, uh, I can name you any player on the list with the number Jersey that they wear. In the, in, in the in, whole, in AFL. Whole, whole AFL. Wow. It's, it's, it's genuine. Like that's genuinely my go-to. Like, I, I'm obsessed with AFL. I study it. I love it. I don't know why I'm a Richmond fan, but I, I don't really go to the games. I'll be honest with you. There's far too many stairs to walk and I just can't be bothered. <laughs> but um, mate, I'm, I'm an avid, avid fan. So it's awesome. Talk me through uh, your big breakthrough of your soul, signing your first player. Who was that? Do you remember it? So I started in, Late 2007. So I guess in terms of signing the first player, my first draft was the 2008 National Draft. Okay. Richard Tamley? Uh, no, nah, no. Nah. 2008 was Tom Scott. Uh, no, that was 2009. Um, and Jack Watts was yep. pick one. I think Nick Nat was two. Um, no, sorry. That was 2009. Yeah. Who, who was 2008? Anyway, it was the year that – it was the year that – um, clubs could take seventeen-year-olds. So, yeah, okay. so back in the day, now it's clubs have to take 18, 18 year old kids. Yeah. But, but back when I first started, they could take one seventeen-year-old. So, um, sort of draft them and then put them away. So, my first few players that I ever, I guess, signed and were managing was like the Daniel Hanbury. Oh, yeah. um, I was playing footy at Nord at the time, and Ryan Schoenmakers um, was playing there. Paul Piopolo, who. 
they both Hobby. ended up premiership players at Hawthorne. Yeah. Great European little mate of mine. Yeah, so <laughs> Luke, Luke Shuey. So there was a few guys from that draft that ended up becoming sort of key, like Dan and Luke and some of those boys were key clients. And and to see Poppy and Ryan Schoenmakers, guys that I'd actually played a bit of footy with, go on and achieve success yeah. was awesome. Um, and that rolled into 2009 and probably the Gary Rowan, Ben Cunnington, who were picked five and six in the draft. And there were some other boys. And and yeah. the, and and how it works in our industry is you get on a bit of a roll. So all of a sudden you have five players. Um, they've got mates that are coming through, the bottom age kids. Um, and it sort of flows. And, of and all of a sudden you've got 10, 15, 20. And then you've got a bit of a stable um, on, on your books. And it becomes a bit easier to um, – you've, you've got a story to tell to parents. And Absolutely. I've been through this experience with this player and I've had this player that's moved into state and – just the more experience that you gain, um, the more opportunities that you get. Um, so it's sort of started from there, really. I love that. I love that. So 20, 2008 National Draft's your first one. Yep. Um, and obviously now it's the, it's, it's, it's evolving yeah. um, week in, week out. And and you guys obviously at kind of sports management, which uh, you've got some incredible people on your stables in general. I mean, I know you, I mean, I know yourself personally, you've got uh, Ollie Wines, Brownlow medalist, Cladden Oliver from memory as yep. well. Um, a few of the the North the North boys as well. You got yeah. uh the the big she's yeah the big oh, the, the little she's little she's yeah yeah, yeah yeah I love what he's yeah. doing about it. Um, who are some of the other players that are that are in your your personal stable as well? Uh, so I mean personally, you know, um, Tom Barris from West Coast, who's yeah. who's um you know best and fairest last year, who's a gun over there. We probably don't hear enough about him in Melbourne, but over there he's a, he's a gun. He was awesome in their premiership win. Um, uh, you know Dan Houston, Dan yeah. McStay, um. Like Patrick Lipinski, like there's yeah, there's so a some fun, really I'm forgetting good scales, a few, but yeah. yeah, there's some good, you know, and great, great people, like good, well. you know, people that I've managed yeah. for a long time, and um, you know, really value their friendship and their loyalty, and um, no, nah, and and I've been very lucky. I've always had um. I read this thing about you the other day, and this is not pumping your tires, so it's not to get a piss in your pocket. But I uh, I read this thing on the other day that it was uh you were the uh, the best up and coming. They said like youthful agent, real uh, player agent, player agent coming through the ranks, um, and that was one of the big things of you obviously joining CSM. Um, it's probably the more true thing because you're just so personable. Um, have you found that you're sort of continuing to evolve yourself as a person, like things that you got to work on towards your everyday business, or um, let's just say you know there's a particular kid out there that you've you've missed the opportunity of signing. Yep. Do you sort of study that and go back as to okay, well this is what I could have done better to not oh, stuff up the next time? Definitely, I think when you're young, you like as you said before earlier. I mean, when you're young, you do hear more no than yes, yeah. and it's it's all a part of the learning and growing, and it's disappointing. Like, and even there was a situation a year or two ago where I put like my heart and soul into signing this, I won't name the yeah, name, yeah, of course, no. but, but he's a great kid, great family. And I was probably, you know, for six to 12 months, I was really Grinding away having a it. crack yeah. and just love this kid. And, and I thought he was a, obviously a great player, but just felt like there was a great connection. And I remember when his dad called and said they were going with another agent. I was just gutted. Like, yeah. like even after 15 years, like, cause you put so much time and, investment into it and it, and it, and it hurts for a split second, but then you move on and you yeah, wish the player all the best. And it's been great to see his little journey so far, but, um, definitely it's, always continuing to learn and, and I'm lucky I've got some great people that I work with. Like Paul's just a gun and yeah. obviously everyone knows the story of Paul. He's been around for a long time and you know what he's done in the industry and what he continues to do. Robbie, who's, you know, Robbie's similar age to me experience. Um, you know, he's, his skill set is, 
you know, similar to mine, but different. Like he's so, you know, just his, uh, his mind and he's always thinking about opportunities that like we're, yeah. we're different. And I think that's what makes it work. But yeah. Rob, Robbie's a gun and the girls at the office, but you're always learning. You're always looking to get better um, because the industry is changing too. There's, there's more companies, there's younger people, there's, you know what I mean? Like you've got to keep up and you've got to keep evolving yourself. Otherwise you stand still. So one of the big things that I um, always wanted to ask a, a player manager, if I thought, and I've, it's not something that I ever knew is how did you, um, marketing opportunities for players do they come to you or do you source them bit of both i mean it depends on the player like yeah robbie manages nick dacos and he's just so like he's such a great well, he's so he, marketable his footy's great yeah, he's you know obviously got the family background so and, many suitors out there that would want to yeah, be having clean cut like he's just a, a marketer's dream so robbie's actively looking for opportunities uh, you know there's times where people come to us um we've you know we've we've got some help in that regard too but it, it depends on the player like not every player is marketable because at That's the end right. of the day the player's got to there's got to be value for the company that wants to look yeah. after the player but um yeah but like in that regard robbie's yeah. like robbie's thought process and like he's got bailey smith so paul and robbie manage bailey smith and just oh, wow. there and what they've done for bailey and the opportunities and and the way they've handled certain things that have happened in the past couple of years has been unbelievable i've learned so much from that what well, you guys also will csm under the csm umbrella the kind of sports management umbrella you guys have got one of my personal favorite players who's uh toby green yeah um i don't know for me i and, and i um i don't I mean, I knew Toby when we were growing up a bit small, you know, when we were younger, but I'd never, you know, really hung out as much. But for me, he's the, I think he's the best in the league by far. Yeah. I just think he's, not by far, I take that back, but I just think he's a super player. Yeah, it's like, it's funny, if you were picking one player to go and play in a grand final on this weekend, yeah. it's like even, like his 200th game on the weekend, he was best on ground. They win down in Geelong. They were, you know, probably given no chance to win, but he's always the one that, that, that gets him over the line. Like he's just so tough and he's so consistent. I reckon he's, and again, I, I just think I look at his, um, I look at his whole journey. Um, mate, I, I'm trying pretty hard to get him on the humble climb, put yeah. it that way. Right. Um, but, um, uh, and it's good. We've got a lot of mutual mates, so it's awesome. And, and we, and, but I, uh, I look at his journey from where he started to what he's gone through yep. up downs, yep. you know, incidences yep. to where he is now as a captain of GWS. Um, and for me, you know, he's probably leading the probably. I reckon at this stage he'd be all Australian captain. Yeah, he'd have to be yep. in the conversation. Him and Darcy Moore, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Darcy Moore, amazing yeah. as well for sure. So true. Like it's um, I just find it incredible, and yeah. and and that's what I'm saying. You guys have got the stable of stables under your under your books, and you can see the reason why. I mean, I know you you're based just down here locally in Malvern, so you're almost suburban to a degree. None of this big city swank, mm. um, which is awesome. And 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 again, I, every I've had a lot of mates obviously come through the draft system. None of them, uh, and and a few of them that went through it, um, and they've always sort of said that you know CSM is has got that layer of class. And I'm not just saying because you're in front, but I guess success leaves clues. To a degree, um, so it's awesome. Obviously, when you when you came across without naming into uh, too much uh, or going into too much detail, um, how difficult was that? I mean, obviously, you, you were at a different organisation, and I don't want to be naming names or anything, but you were at a different organisation. You jumped across to CSM three four years ago. Yeah. Um, how difficult of that was a time in your life? It's pretty difficult to be honest. Like um, it was just something an opportunity came up, and and I'd always like really respected Paul and, and Robbie and and I, I'd always rated CSM just from a you know from afar. Being, being competitors and yeah. also knowing the way they work and I was always curious and I always there was a part of me that always you know I, I, 
I always sort of had this, I'd love to work with Paul just because yeah. he has a crack and he's so hardworking. And um, anyway, an opportunity came up, like it was bloody hard. I mean, I'd been at the other place for a long time, 13 years, and yeah. it was just something that I couldn't say no to. And, you know, I'd, I I wasn't really sure how to go about exiting somewhere, yeah. but I just did what I thought I had to do and um, and it ended up sort of being a bit of a process but we've got through that now and awesome. and I'm and I'm really like I'm really happy with the time I spent at the other company but also really pumped to be where, where I am are. now yeah. and, and um you know I learn a lot from the process and yeah um yeah it's like it's business it's hard it's not I always it was easy. around the similar time when we met when it was all sort yeah, of maybe was. happening yeah yeah was, um, you had a lot going on obviously you got you know kids and <laughs> yeah and covid and like it was it was yeah. a, it was an interesting little start but yeah. um that's yeah, it's all worked out well and I'm really settled and Do you reckon if that didn't if that um I guess didn't play out potentially publicly the way that it did. Mm. Um but do you reckon do you reckon that, that almost helped you to shape where you are today? Um certainly learnt a fair bit yeah. about myself, but also just business. Like it's it's tough and yeah. and and that was yeah, I mean that that was to be honest, like probably the toughest time I've been through, and and there's reasons for that, and it was probably just the timing with, with like as you said before, with with not being able to work, having two kids, having COVID, not being able to leave the house, being yeah. under pressure, and just wondering like how is this going to get resolved? And your routine changed so much from going and watching kids on a Saturday <laughs> play footy, you know, to now uh, you're locked up at COVID and you can't do anything. You've got all yeah. this external noise going on and yeah. you're looking for a new house as well. <laughs> and I think, yeah. did you have a newborn then? Uh, uh, that that was 2019. So, yeah, I, I, I did actually. Yeah. yeah he would have only been, um, yeah, would have only been, uh, he was born in November, so a month old at that right. at that stage. I, I, yeah. yeah, crazy. I mean, yeah. and, and obviously you, you've come through it as to where you need to do it, and obviously the future is so bright to where you're at now. Um, the the players such as how, – how do you manage the interstate, interstate players? And this is always something that I've always wondered. Yeah. Um, is, it a re, is it a relationship um, or, or working out the boundaries with certain people, what they want and what they need? Um, the the thing about the interstate players is you sign these kids before they're drafted. So, you know, Ollie Wines, the, the, rela- um, the relationship starts before the draft and then all of a sudden they go interstate. So um, the, the, the players have no control over where they're drafted. So wherever they go, it's just a matter of getting on the plane, traveling, yeah. um, and then just making sure that you're in regular touch. And then also when the players are in Melbourne, so some of these boys are in Melbourne every two or three weeks playing AFL. So when they're here – making every effort to go and see him on a weekend or popping yeah. into the hotel. It doesn't have to be much, just making sure that you're touching base. Um, but there's obviously, you know, the, the, the breaks and the, you know, the time at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and like last week when we were meant to actually uh, yeah. do this, like you were in Sydney. I was in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. on the, I was there from Tuesday to Thursday. On the Wednesday I had, you know, three Swans players, GWS list manager, GWS player, you know, dad of a, a young draftee this year. So there's always – time to travel and yeah Yeah. and it's good to get away and see the boys you know make make the effort to go and see him into state i'm off to adelaide this week uh this weekend um i say right okay to go and watch some footy but also to catch up with some with some players over there so there's always the opportunity to travel and to to make the effort to go and see him and is it sort of establishing um i guess the 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 boundaries with certain players like hypothetically um i'm just using an example here but let's say ollie wines who's in adelaide he's you know 
He's obviously, you know, he looks like he's got his head pretty yeah. well screwed yeah. on. So he probably doesn't need the constant attention. Yeah. He just, mate, if you need anything, you know, I'm here type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Versus someone else like uh, that might need to, um, I guess, a bit more assistance during their path. Yeah. Is it sort of establishing that for you as well? Oh, definitely. I mean, as players go through different stages of their career, so yeah. initially it's a lot of hands-on, drafted, welfare. Do they move? Where do they live? Um, who do they live with? Just probably more communication with their parents, yeah. um, just making sure that are there any issues? Are we across everything? Have we yeah. set up their their finances the right way? Yeah. And then obviously it rolls into the first contract and and then there's there's issues along the way um, that come up, injuries and all sorts of things. And then as they get older, such as an Ollie Wines, I mean, he's 20, 28, 29. He's, yeah. you know, stable. He's, you know, he's got everything in order. He's got a long contract. He's got, you know, his, his key relationships over in Adelaide. Um, so there's probably, I mean, there's probably not the need to be chatting on a daily basis, but when, when things come up and there's the relationship there too. So it might be a text every now and again, a bit of banter or yeah. how are you going or are you okay? Or, you know, how's it that? Just little things, Whatever just little t- yeah. like Clayton Oliver at the moment who's injured, um, like obviously you're checking in with him a, a bit more due to the fact of his injuries. Hyper- yeah, hyper- every player is different. Like yeah. some players, you know, some players will have more contact with me. So they'll- like everyone, it, they're all different, which makes the job interesting and exciting. And um, like Clary's, like Clary's so busy with. If you understood the amount of work that he does away from the footy club on his body and his oh, just just to get himself um, physically, mentally right, like it's um, like he barely has time to talk to me, let alone anyone. Like he's so, which is why he's such a gun player because he works so hard. We had um, we had one of my mates on uh, from Muscle and Bone, Ilias. I don't know if you saw that. I at, saw that. Yeah, and he was talking about Clary, yep. how much Clary always goes in yep. uh, away from the club and gets so much treatment, which um obviously goes to show the type of person that he is and how committed he is to, to everything. Yeah. Um, putting us into, and again, and, again, and knowing every situation is different, but in your particular industry, I'm a player. Now imagine guys, I'm probably about 30 kgs lighter as well. Yeah. So take it easy, but I'm a player at, and I'm going to go Richmond. Um, if I'm not at Richmond, I'd want to be at GWS mm. just off the topic. Right. But I'm at Richmond and, um, I've got a year to go on my contract. How often, how early are you starting negotiating with the club to see whether they still want me or not? It's a good question. Like, I mean, it, it obviously depends on the player. So we, we'd we have a, a bit of a gut feel yeah. early in the year, and that's that's just based on- So I'm not Tom Lynch and Cooking Coleman's. I'm sort of- yeah. a, I'm a bit of a fringe on well, thereabouts. I've, I've got seven or eight of these players now, and, yeah. and players that are playing regular senior footy every week. So I think I spoke to you before about an Alex Witherden or a- Ryan Clark at Sydney, who's just a gun tagger, you know, that plays every week, but he's still out of contract and with it, with it and played every game at West Coast yeah. and has been a really consistent player. But I'm, I'm half a chance of West Coast the way I am at the moment. <laughs> so yeah, it's like probably once every two or three weeks, just trying yeah. to get a bit, of, a bit of a feel from their list manager. Like it's only halfway, it's not even halfway through the year. So, yeah. which can be frustrating for players. Like I spoke to Alex last night and he's out of contract. He's, you know, he's in Perth, his family's in Geelong. He's, you know, he's trying to sort of work out what my future holds. And I don't, and one of the hardest parts of my job is I don't really have an answer for him that he wants. Yeah, it's like, you know, and it's made, a, you're going well, just keep focusing on your game and, and, and playing your role. And that hopefully leads to another contract, but th- there's no certainty around it because every club situation is different. It's very real for these players. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, I, I imagine myself that, and I'm a stress head as it is and everybody knows it, but if I don't know what I'm going to be doing next year work-wise or getting how I'm going to be getting red, 
um, I imagine it's it, it's a lot of pressure to have. It's tough. Like um, I I met Fletch back in the day at the Ross Town in Carnegie. Fletch it, um, dog. Once you sign with yeah. him, <laughs> <laughs> I had a few with like Lin Jong and 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 I've got a player that played in a premiership with Fletch who's similar. Like was Jongy yours? Yeah, yeah, no I had Jongy. Yeah, great. Like great He's story. Like, they're the great footy club boys. Yeah. Yeah, Jongy and I had a. It was an interesting little. He had a great career. I love Jongy. Coming from, he was the biggest wild card draft day ever. I remember watching him in the the grand final that they. Lost, I think Sand- Sandringham beat them, and um, yeah, flesh kick four and, in the last quarter. <laughs> Jongy was six foot two playing in the ruck, you know what I mean, and dominating. And then the Bulldogs took a chance on him, and he ended up playing great footy, and unfortunately missed that grand final. But the week before, he was best on ground in the VFL and just played so well. Like he was so stiff not to be a part of that grand final team. But I've got a player that played in that grand final that's still on the Bulldogs list, and he's been such a good player, but been through so much, so many injuries. He's got two properties, and it's like. Yeah, it's it's tough. He's out of contract. It's really tough. It's you know you've been on an AFL list for eight yeah. years. You're coming up. You're not. There's no guarantee that you're going to get another year. Hopefully he does. He he should, but there's no guarantees, and it's tough. It's like if I'm not playing AFL, what do I do? Like, how do I make money to keep you know supporting my family, my partner? It's it's really hard. I so agree with it. Like I, I've actually got uh, so Jongy and Fletcher doing a combined thirtieth next weekend. Mm, um, big. By the time we release this, it might have already happened. But um, uh, yeah, like those two are just like inseparable yeah. now. Those two, I, I would say that. Well, Jongy hasn't taken Dim's place, but she's probably probably pretty close. <laughs> but uh, it's only because they live on the other side of town still. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was a Murrumbina lad, yeah. and 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 Jongy, obviously, I think he was from Glen, Glen Waverley. Yeah, um. But there, uh, he was a rarity. I mean, yeah. he was awesome. But I, I sort of saw what these guys were going through with their ups and their downs. Um, and sort of, sort of, back then I was an avid Bulldogs fan, so everything was Bulldogs for me. And it was great because I got to experience the inner sanctum, like Grand Final Day, when they won the Grand Final. I'm in the rooms on Grand Final Day afterwards, like having beers with. Um, Chris Hemsworth, yeah. um, full fangirling, like a champion. <laughs> I was like, I was so excited. Um, but it's uh, you do see it, and it's very, very real that a lot of people just think, oh, mate, they're AFL players, you know, they're bulletproof. It is so not true. Yeah. And- no, for sure. Like, e- even the even the stars have have doubts. They have, um, you know, patches where they form because of injuries and whatever, just patches they might be getting tagged and new role, new co- whatever, like – it's it's not as it's not the glamorous sort of it's life not as, that yeah. yeah because with but even like you sign a bigger contract there's more pressure there's more scrutiny there's more yeah. media there's more people wanting to pot you when you're not at your best like it's a tough yeah. game it's a physical game you know? is that something that you think the AFL or in general maybe you guys are like I remember I think you guys for your draftees I could be wrong were doing a like training session. Yeah. Um, I remember that was happening before the draft. Before the draft, yeah. yeah. Is that something that you think every year something's getting better at? So whether it be getting these guys together at you know and 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 learning each other and not just think, looking at each other like they play for Rich, Richmond and he yeah. plays for Brisbane. It's like no, no, we're all under yeah, the CSM well, umbrella. Well, therefore, we are in a way. I mean, we we do we have a training camp over summer down at Sorrento where we get our players together. At, at the end of the day, it's a bit of a like. Because they're managed by CSM, a lot of the kids would have played with and against each other. They yeah. become friends with each other. We've got players that are mates that are drafted at different clubs. So, um, like even this afternoon, I've got a young player going through this year's draft who's catching up with Harry Sheasel, who you spoke about before, yeah. just to – he plays at the Dragons. So just picking his brain on, yeah. you know, the national champs are coming up. You know, what do I expect? And you're present at that meeting yeah, as well? Yeah, just yeah. to like facilitate or just like – ask a few questions or just, you know, just be there to support. Yeah. But, um, 
you know, how do I go about the club interviews? What do you eat before a game? Just little things because like this young player looks up to someone like Harry that's doing such great things, just getting a bit of advice and um, tips and, you know, how do I handle the rest of the year? How do I, how do I deal with the, the pressure? Like how do I perform on my best, you know, for the next four to six weeks when I have to during the champs that's to give awesome. myself the best chance to be drafted. I so love th- I love that those like players like that are open to yeah, doing things like even, that. Like I could – Paul could ring Toby if, if we had a player that wanted some help, like Paul could ring Toby Green today and say, Hey, would you mind having a quick chat to this player? Like the players are awesome. They're so giving of their time. They're they remember what it was like when they were going through too. So um you they've sort of never forgotten where they where they were, Came where from. they started. They've had the humble climb. They have. They've had the, hum- the humble climb. You've got um now uh you've got some pretty big players coming through in the in this week, in this year's draft, Harley Reid. Nick Watson, Colby McCurkin, McCurcher. So Tassie Lad as well. Yep. Um, the, so you you potentially have the, the top three. Oh, geez, that would be nice. I mean, I, they're all they're all good players. Yeah. I mean, they should all be around the mark somewhere, but yeah. there's still a long way to go. But um, yeah, they're they're shaping up okay. Ha, yeah. Has ha, have you seen a bigger? Um, uh, I, I struggle to see a bigger. Uh, media, media, I would say media storm about the this about Harley Reid mm. for for a potential pick one. Um, I haven't seen it about this pick one hype in a long in a, in a long time. Mm. Is this one of the biggest you've seen as well? Without pumping it up, it, it is. Yeah, and it's and it's probably it's it's probably too crazy to be honest. Yeah. Like, well, because yeah. I've never watched it. But what, yeah. what position does he actually play? I it will. <laughs> He's a bit of a utility, yeah. so he, he can obviously play midfield. Yeah, that's what they call um, me as well, utility. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he played, you know, he plays forward. He can he can kick goals. He can mark it. I think he grew up playing as a forward. Okay. Um, he's got the sort of size and, and speed and, I guess, power to play through the midfield, a bit like a Dusty. Like, that's he's got that, yeah. you know, that, that clearance work, that fend off. But then last year, he they chucked him back for Vic Country as a bottom age player. He'd never played back and all of a sudden he's playing back and dominating. He's and dancing more intercepting marks Yeah, and it's like, yeah. so that's that's probably what makes him a little bit different to, yeah. like, I, I remember watching guys like Sam Walsh and Lockie Whitfield go through who are just these gun mids. Like, Harley's a bit different. He's, um, he's a bit of a unicorn in that regard. And Well, he already looks markable with the long hair and whatnot. Yeah, like, it's more the way that he plays. Yeah. And, like, he's got this uh, amazing just – confidence like on field like off the field he's the nicest kid country kid down to earth but then then on the field he steps over that white line and he's just got this um oozes confidence and and just yeah um it, it's great to, it's actually really refreshing to watch, to watch yeah. yeah so someone like um, and it doesn't have to be harley reed but let's just say you've got someone that's going in the in the top 10 hypothetically yep. and, they're, and they're really rated how earlier on um, before their actual AFL journey commences, are you talking to their parents and getting meetings? Yeah, so there's a a fair way out because, like, obviously our industry, there's a lot of agents and it's competitive, but there's also a set of rules that regulate when we can talk to the players. Right. Um, so for us, it's in the under 16, so two years out from their draft, yeah. there's a national champs. Is that 16 where, champs? Yeah, yeah. So up a couple of months after the 16s champs, they can be approached by agents. They can start meeting, talking, having communication with agents. And then for a lot of the really, really good ones, like the the ones that are identified as being pretty elite for their age, um, they'll that they can select an agent probably eighteen months out from their draft. And one of the reasons is just to knock it on the head because it does become a bit of a distraction. So yeah. and, and then also just to put it to bed, concentrate on footy, actually working on their game and getting on with their school and 
I remember when I tried to, you know, when we, when I was doing the work experience and again, when I, when I tried, when we tried and it was, a, it was, it was, the cards were always stacked against us just based on a lot of the bigger names, but you had to go through like the, um, like the, the team manager yeah. of their, of their club of yep. say Sandy Dragons yep. or Oakley Chargers. Is that a lot of it still the case yeah, nowadays? It's the same process. You, you send a letter in, um, to the parents and the player, it gets sort of filtered through this portal. Then it gets spat out to the, the parents or the player. Then you make contact and then it's. From there, it's like it's more regulated. So yeah. the parents are across it. So like you, yeah, a lot of the time you meet with the player and the parents for the initial meeting at the same time yeah. because they're young. They're sixteen. Like they, you know, it's they're still young, young people. Um, and are you guys physically rec- like? Are you almost the? Are you guys getting hot tips as a as a manager, or are these players that you physically have to source yourselves? No, no. Like every now and again, you get you get a tip. Um, you get a tip from a club and, and this, and, and they're probably not the real pointy end, yeah. high, high end talent kids. It's probably more the, um, there might be a kid from the bush or a kid from SA that, um, or a kid from Tassie that no one's really seen much of yet. Yeah. Um, like the, the elite players stand out. So that the best of the best, everyone can see him. Everyone, yeah. it, cause even from the under 15s and even before that, everyone knows who they're going to be. But in saying that there's a big change from under 16 to under 18. So the only balancing act of what we do is you can sign a kid who's 16 years old, who's a star. Then two years later, he hasn't grown or he's had injuries or, you know, like Tyler Sonsi at under 16s, yeah. who's Richmond play, was a gun. He was the best kid in Australia at the under 16s. Then he had a back injury. His bottom age year, he was COVID. So that was a wipeout. His top age year, he had all these injuries. So he slid to pick 28 in the draft, but at under 16s, he was one of the best kids you'll ever yeah, see. Okay. So, but that doesn't mean that he won't go on and have a great career. It just shows that a lot can change in those two years. Hundred percent. Yep. Hundred percent. I, lo- I love hearing that um, because that was one of the always the tougher things. Again, that you know when you're, I guess that 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 approach. Because if you're a 16 year old and all of a sudden you're being looked at managed, mm. you know it's managing that. And as a kid, yeah. like mate, if I if I was 16 and I was going to have a manager, mm. mate, I would make sure everybody wants to know of because yeah. I, that yeah. would be like maybe walking down Oakley's Mall, mate, yeah. like with a with a sign saying "Talk to my manager." Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's awesome. Um, from a, and again, we're always conscious of your time, mate. So I can't thank you enough, but, um, has, has there been a, a sort of a real difficult situation, um, that you've encountered might be hypothetically, uh, with a player of yours say, you know, you're trying to get a trade done during trade week and it doesn't quite happen. And then it's the after effect. I mean, has there, is, is that, is, is that one of the more tougher things for you? Trade period's hard. Like, and, most of the time you end up getting it done, but there has been a couple of occasions yeah. where you don't, and that's because the player might be contracted. Yeah. And as much as the player wants to move, ultimately, unless the club that he's at agrees to it, yeah. they can't go anywhere. So there has been, like in 15 years, there's been a couple where it hasn't got done, but it's also managing the expectations of the player to say, hey, we'll have a crack at this, but there's not, you yeah. know, there's no guarantees that we'll get it done. Like you hope and you want to, and you push to get it done. So that's disappointing, but at the end of the day, the players go back to their clubs. They're they're fine, you know. Like they've got friends there. They've got another year left on their contract. And there's reasons behind why they want to move. It might be fine, yeah, family or whatever. It's, it's, a lot of the time, it's homesick or opportunity. Like the, probably the two two or three reasons why players move is like money's money's one of them. But ultimately, it's probably third down the line. It's opportunity. Yeah. It's it's family. So it's I've been drafted into state. I've got. You know, mum and dad at home, partner at home, friends at home, and then money comes into it as well. But money's never the deciding 
never the deciding factor. Like it's 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 considered, but it's that there's other reasons why players move. It's a bit like um, you know, I guess when Jerry Finlayson wanted to leave, yeah. I can't remember he if he was still contract. Like I've had players that have taken a pay cut just because sometimes you have to go back to relaunch your career. Yeah. I mean those two at the moment, Kelly and Kelly and Jerry's uh, they Great just story. they inspire yeah. me, man. Awesome story. They just and he's playing such good footy and Yeah, they yeah, just inspire me like how um Mate, honestly, I they like I get I tear up when listening to her talk. Yeah. Um she's amazing. So yeah. um a serious and again I know she doesn't watch this, but she's incredible. Yeah. She's she's just amazing the way she does it as uh, both of them. Both of them and even Brad Hill. Yeah. I mean he's another one. Uh, not Brad Hill, uh Bobby Hill, sorry. Yeah. Even little Bobby, like yeah. you know, testicular cancer. Yep. And then touch wood and comes back and yeah. um and and where he's doing now with a footy, I love those stories. Yeah. I'm just a sucker for him yep. every single time. The more we get of them, the better. Um, and mate, uh, last one to finish with before we go into the humble three. What does the future look like for Nick Geishan? <laughs> um, I mean, I'm I'm really established where I am, so I you know so think I'll continue to to give my best to CSM and and my players and, and continue to hopefully grow and evolve and get better at, at what I'm doing. Um, as, as you said before, I've got two little boys that, you know, are, one of them's nearly six and the other one's nearly four. So they're footy nuts now. So one started school. So, you know, hopefully be the best dad I can be, do the best job that I can do, be a good partner and just, yeah, just be the best. I love it. Be, be the best person I can be. I love it. I love it. I love it. And obviously, you'll continue to let your boys know, uh, your your footy boys know, mate, that if uh, when the time comes to buy and sell, who they'll be calling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I must. I must admit, like that process was um, because after I missed your house, which I wanted, but I, I got straight onto the, to yeah. the one in Oakley that I've got now. And Charlie, mate, what, what a gun he is. Mate, don't worry about Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Charlie's a yeah. guy. Charlie's you a guy. Had, like, I remember through that process, I was, you were ringing me and you were helping me a lot we too. We like to help our parents. I, I felt like you guys were at the no, auction we're, we're, for we're me. We're the tag team. So <laughs> yeah. at least we know when the time comes to sell, mate. Yeah, we, know where it's, we know where it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Mate, uh, the Lumble 3 brought to you by, obviously, Bonds and Snowballs. As I said, they're amazing. They're fantastic. Uh, there was more of them, but uh, the girls in the office absolutely demolished them. Paul, so. Paul Connors, mate, is a sucker for sugar. He will, oh, mate, he will you love go. these. Mate, yeah. you take them to Paul and uh, and you take and I'll get some dropped off to your place for the little ones as well, mate, just to keep you active. Um, but yeah, mate, bonds of snowballs. So get on them, check out their Instagram. They're doing amazing, amazing things. And as I said, for that little sugar pick me up in the Arvo, they're absolutely amazing. But the humble three that we like to always finish on. Um, if you weren't doing your current occupation, what you do, what would you do? You think you'd be doing? Mate, I honestly have no idea. It might still be at Mazda or. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to think something in sport just yeah, because yeah. it's, it's my, phys- my I could hobby. I see you as a physio or something. Yeah. Um, maybe I'd come and work for you yeah, guys. Yeah, mate. I love yeah. it. I love it, man. I can see you as a real estate. So, well, it's good. Um, is there anyone in particular that inspires you outside of your family? Oh, put me on the spot here. Uh, like I, I look up to like probably sporting because it's what I know, but yeah. I look up to sporting – you know, champions and idols and um, just the guys that have a crack in yeah. longevity and work hard, like all that sort of stuff. So there's there's probably no one in particular, but I really respect watching how the champs go about their work. I love that. Just off topic, is there someone there like from a, a sporting um, player that you've managed and may not be still in the may, – maybe still be in the in, – playing AFL now or maybe has retired, et cetera, or delisted. Is there someone out of your stable that you've personally had – 
that um, really made an impact on you as a person? Yeah, I, I, no doubt there would be. Um, just trying to think if there's anyone specific that there would be, and, and players go through ups and downs, yeah. and 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 just to see, like Gary Rowan, for example, right? So he he um, he had seven or eight years in Sydney, and and then he went through some like some downs, some yeah. some some game, some some moments in finals where you know he had some great finals, and then some the role that he plays is hard, and there were games where he had low impact, but. To see what he did in that preliminary final last year yeah. against Collingwood, where he kicked two, then all of a sudden takes a huge pack mark with a minute left, goes back and goes bang and puts Geelong in the grand final. Like for me, that was yeah. like I jumped off my chair. Like just because I know the journey that he's that he's had and the and the self doubt and the you know what I mean. So that That's that was awesome. just the best moment, and I and then to see him go on and win the grand final the, the week after, yeah, yeah and all of, of a sudden he's a. He's a premiership player and- And he's gone through adversity as well. Yeah, you like know, he's a, played out publicly and whatnot. And so. he's just a, you know, like he's a country kid and he's a great guy. And I was so just pleased for him and his family and because I know what he's been through yeah. and just to silence the critics. Yeah, like he's yeah, such a, like everyone in Australia would have been watching that game and to do it, to do it the way that he did it was awesome. hundred so. percent. Last one that we always like to finish on is if you could say, if you could have a billboard, what would it say and why? <laughs> oh geez. Um Oh, it's a good question. Could be a little quote or something, hypothetically. Um oh, like honestly, like oh, just have a crack. Sort yeah, of I love thing. That. Like just you, you just have a crack and give it your best. I think I we'll go have a crack in Danong Road yeah. above KFC <laughs> yeah. billboard or something. Um, I was out in Frankston the last two weekends watching footy, so maybe chuck it up there. Chuck it in Frankston, yeah, <laughs> I love it, mate. Ladies, gents, there's uh, a reason I wanted to bring this guy on because he's uh, he's awesome. He's uh, a quiet achiever, I would say. So uh, and he deserves uh, to be not recognised, but deserves the airtime. And uh, I just uh, I can't thank him enough for being a, a great friend and uh, more importantly, just being a, a really good person. And he, he strives and he's continuing to strive to make impacts in his industry. It's AFL. It's something that we watch. Well, they should be doing it more Thursday to Sunday. That's another B in my bonnet. Make Thursday nights a, prem, a fixture permanently. But anyway, that's, I'll get onto that another time. <laughs> but um, he's just a legend and uh, he's got a, an amazing stable. They're doing great things at obviously C CSM or they've been doing things for such a long time at Connor Sports Management. Awesome for a period of time. And uh, there's a reason why he's regarded as probably the one of the best in the business. So, Geish, can't thank you enough, mate. You're a gentleman. Thanks for having me. Mate, appreciate it. Anytime you want to come down to... Uh, to Buxton from kick around the footies or something, mate, or get a coffee, mate, we'll get a ca coffee and vanilla, <laughs> Melly, Nikos, wherever you want, mate. So, uh, mate, your legends can't thank you enough, guys. Continue, if more importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, follow us on uh, on Instagram and and Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everything else. Huge thanks again to the sponsors. We'll be having them all in the little banner below so you guys can see them, and uh, we'll continue to bring you more and more good episodes. Cheers.